So I went down a rabbit hole this morning oh, with yeah. the Russell brand. I watched the Daily Motion video, mm. and then it gave me a bunch of different. Oh, maybe you want to watch what Sharon Stone or Sharon Osbourne said about Russell Brand. Maybe you want to watch what his former girlfriend said. And here's a time he was wildly inappropriate. So I'm full wow. of full of Russell Brand nonsense floating through my head this morning. And he does feel like a bit of a nonsense clown, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> One of the one of the interviewers had said to him that you look really cool when you're on stage, but in person you look preposterous, and it's that. Yeah, and have, it's totally true. But Bob Geldof, quite a few years ago at an award ceremony, um, called him a cunt on stage. So they did. They did bring that up in the in the Daily Motion piece, but also there was another like two or three minute video clip of Sharon Osbourne talking mm. about Russell Brand and she brought it up again because apparently he had said something. Mm. He was accepting an award or presenting an award, something. And he had said, oh, Rod Stewart had a go at me for being a womanizer, but like I had a go at his daughter. So he did something similar with Bob Geld or Sir Bob Geldof. And that's where mm. Sharon Stone was like, you don't say shit about people's daughters like that, especially in front of their fathers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, and when you say the Daily Motion thing, you're talking about the Channel 4 Dispatches documentary. Yes. So for anybody who's, we'll put a link to it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but it's mm. uh, an hour and 15 minutes of, it starts with the allegations and mm. uh, interview with the women or actresses who are representing mm. the women, their words, uh, but not their faces. Mm. And then a bit of a history of Russell Brand before it ends with mm. who he is now and where he is, what he's doing now. As in, hasn't changed one bit. Well, he's changed his addictive, his addictions are now more wellness, mm. health guru related than they had previously been. But let's, I mean, maybe we should take a step back. <laughs> I've just jumped into it because I just finished watching it like a minute and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the, the kind of changes in his life are kind of normal for an addict anyway, that was addicted in the way that he was addicted. And with his other mental health problems, like I'm not going to, this isn't diagnosis because I'm not a therapist or even his clinician. Um, it's just that he has a very extroverted personality that is constantly seeking um, input from the things he's addicted to. And he, he's just he's very low inhibitions and highly inappropriate. Um, but people like him calm down once they get into their 40s um, and then they, they just start to tone their addictions down a bit um like they sleep with less people they get into less trouble um and it's just part of the aging process it seems for people who present like he does um and... i guess tiring after a while i imagine yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> just watching him sometimes is exhausting because he's got a yeah. manic personality that i couldn't imagine yeah. being that personality no 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 jesus christ and i don't know did i don't i don't know if you had time to watch every single uh bit in the documentary but um, there was some stuff where, like, um, this woman who was, like, his PA for a bit, to get his attention, she would shout his name and show a picture of his own face. <laughs> I did. I did watch the whole thing. And she was, like, <laughs> he even commented that you get me. So he knows yeah. he, he knows what he's like. He knew yeah. who he was do. as a person. <laughs> what I found interesting was I still find it interesting that people are, I mean, I guess no, not everybody has watched the documentary, but <laughs> that people are still defending his character when it's even if you didn't watch the documentary but you've been a fan of his for a long enough time you could mm. see glimmers of yeah. his behavior and things that he says like mm. in the documentary 
there was a video or no not sorry not in the documentary one of the clips i watched afterwards was a guest on his show in 2006 i can't her name is escaping me she got on the show and russell immediately said can i have it off with you or your two daughters and then hmm. went on the, a couple minutes of well you've got two two daughters you're not even going to give me one i don't understand so that type of that type of humor doesn't come from a place that isn't good. yeah yeah it I'm trying, you know what, it's, it's funny because as I was saying that, I was like, well, you know, Anthony Jeselnik does that type of dark humor, but it's not, then I've corrected myself because it's not that type of. He does, and also, I'm going to your daughter's, yeah. he's not a, I'm going to sleep with your daughter's humor. No, he's, he's dark, but it comes from a different place and the delivery is entirely different. And yeah. his motivations are likely to be different. And where he goes with it is very different because Russell Brand will often act on what he's saying, whereas other comedians I, don't. What I what kind of struck me was when two of the of his alleged victims um, had commented that the change in his eyes, like his eyes just kind of glazed. One said his eyes glazed over mm -hmm. and another said his eyes just went black like it was a different person who entered into him. And it's mm -hmm. like I wonder you as the academic psychologist can probably speak to this better, but I wonder if it's still that force of addiction. Like he's he's come back out and said that he was promiscuous and everything was consensual, but would he be able to fully assess consent if it was his addiction that was fueling that mm -hmm. behavior? Because uh -huh. it's not like, you know, a heroin addict doesn't plan to, you know, suck dicks yeah. in a park for five dollars. It yeah. happens because their addiction fuels them. So could his addiction have tricked him into thinking oh this is okay there's a, there's a few different things there that was a bit of a shotgun uh question uh, <laughs> uh first of all is let's just talk about the eyes thing um that this is one of those things that come up in eyewitness testimonies that you're not really sure if that's actually happened or not uh, i'm not talking about the allegations as a whole this i'm just focusing literally on the eyes thing it is something that does get warped in people's memories because um, eyewitness testimony is notoriously awful. Um, like you can imagine shattered glass when there wasn't. You can be fabricated a, a gun uh, when there was no gun and all these other things. You can change somebody's clothes or attire completely um, through basically either the way that you've been asked the question could change your memory or it could just be the time and the distance. And the allegations that these women were making were so scary and horrific and um, and then again, look, for purpose of this, we'll assume they're true. Okay, yeah, I know there's lots of naysayers and it's oh, but they're making it up and shit. No, we're assuming it's true that this has happened. That means they've been through a really horrific incident. So what his eyes are doing isn't really relevant to what happened, but it does kind of speak more probably to their state of mind and what they went through, and mm. it's kind of affected the way that they remember what his eyes were doing, um, because it it. it it is a fairly typical thing that would come up from a victim. Could it almost be a coping mechanism mm. in the person who is providing that evidence? Because then you've taken what someone who was someone you trusted and a, a yeah. rational person, and by changing their eyes, you kind of change mm. them into a monster versus, yes. right? And that's how they've perceived, how you've perceived them in that moment is yeah. they're not that person that I know. So that's yeah. a physical change. They so manifest. the eyes like end up looking like quite soulless and, and all that stuff. Uh, the glazing over thing, that is quite common in somebody that has like that, um i don't obviously i can't speak about him specifically but if he's focused on trying to do something like he talks about his obstacle course right so he's trying to figure out the algorithm to break down a woman's security barriers 
And so the whole glazing over thing would say to me that he's not really present thinking about you as a human. He's in his head thinking, well, how do I get her to say yes? She's saying no. What can mm. I say and do right now? So his whole eyes glazing over thing just means he's going to his internal world to try and break you down. It's interesting you talk about how questions are asked. It reminded me of a study that I had read about where they showed people a car accident. Yes. And the car accident was, it was two cars traveling at not an aggressive speed hitting each other. But that when they asked people when, uh, how fast were the cars going when they smashed into each other, mm. because they used the word smash, they were like, oh, they must have been going really fast. And they gave whatever number that would be. And when they said how fast were they going when, or, or what speed were they traveling when they hit each other? the speed was reduced. If they asked about broken glass, they would say, yes, there was broken glass when there wasn't any, but if mm. they'd asked them to define the scene, they wouldn't have talked about the glass. So that's an interesting point. Mm. And I just wanted to share this study because I know yeah. some people when you feel like, I know, there's someone in my life that when I talk about how memory is skewed and it's based on how you saw that moment, but not how it actually was, they get very defensive because yeah, like, yeah. no, my memory is infallible, but it's it not. has been proven. It's been proven. It's it can be very easily swayed. Yeah, yeah, uh, massively. I mean, I've gone back to things that I read a book or watched a TV show and I know something happened. I was sure about it. And I've had, I can't even remember what it was now. There was something recently. And me and my partner were talking about a show. And then I was like, no, that didn't X, Y, and Z happen. And then she was like, nah, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> and then we went back and watched it. And I was like, oh, fuck's sake, she's right again. <laughs> again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should start trusting her then. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> after nine years together, I, I do listen to her a lot more than I used to. Mm. Uh, uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, that was the eyes glazing over thing. Um, yeah, and witness testimony is bad. But the other thing is, is that people try to say, well, that means we can doubt the whole of the woman's testimony. It's kind of like, well, women tend to know if they've been raped or sexually assaulted. That's not what we mean by a, eyewitness testimony can be incorrect. It's like the details will be wrong. But some and have I think no a lot of a lot of people question the validity of these allegations because of the time that it took mm. for these women to come forward. But one of them made a very good point that he was a superstar and she was yeah. an audience member who was mm. who was going to believe her, who was she was going to be. It's not like it would have been a quiet rape trial that yeah. would have made a local newspaper. It would have been international. And that on top of then having to relive the abuse in front of police officers and a court, now you're reliving that abuse in front of mm. everywhere you turn, you're going to see newspapers and shows with your head on it. That's a, that's a big mindfuck to somebody uh, the reason who's why, already been assaulted. Uh, the reason why people come forward in the way that they have, I mean, I don't agree with a trial by media as a, as a thing, but until we change the system. But it is a thing. Yeah, until we change the system, it's not going to stop because um, it's the only way that women can get their stories heard at the moment and actually get people to empathise with their cause. So I think it's better than the alternative. Um, I wish it didn't happen, and I wish things happened appropriately, but you don't have any other choice if no one's listening no. to you. Absolutely agree, and I think that speaks to why these women hadn't come forward is because mm. they knew they were going to be going through trial by media, and we already mm. are harsh enough with women who have been assaulted, yeah. Yeah. but now uh, do these women who they're women now, some of them were children at the time, like that 16 year old was barely a teenager. Does she really need to go through the rest of her life mm. being the one that Russell Brand assaulted or you were asking yeah. for? Why would you go back to his room? Why mm. all of those questions would lead somebody to just. Or like the, the biggest one to show how ignorant 
the these these blokes are is oh well you can shag any woman you want to or throw themselves at him why would you have to rape someone you don't understand because them, he's but also because he's in the mindset that he could shag any woman he wants yeah. he's thinking well, how could you possibly say no to me yeah and he and then he doesn't see coerced consent as rape or sexual assault like to him if he gets a coerced consent to do the act to him that's that's fine oh that's like, a win because he yeah. he talked her into it yeah and that's that's kind of what happened with the 16 year old alice um a lot of that stuff going on there like where he assaulted her within the relationship and stuff and because she was so young she didn't have the experience to say well we might be together but this is still sexual assault you know and in fact actually it could be rape because it like because it was forced oral sex and that's still rape in the uk and she was is the she was 16 at the time what is the age of consent in Uh, 16 so this is is, one of the problems is that people say like oh well it's legal um so there's no problem it's like you can still rape somebody if you're going out with them uh for one thing uh the second thing is just because it's legal doesn't mean it's morally right and the entirety of my life it has been inappropriate for a 16 year old to be with a 30 plus year old absolutely Sorry, I, I, I don't, uh, the reason why our age of consent is 16 it's because um teenagers you can't stop them fucking each other so you don't want them to go to prison because they were being teenagers it's to protect teenagers from a, the judicial system it's not so that creepy old russ rusk and jimmy and rolf could go off hunting the 16 year olds not just them now it's a whole a whole mm. other breed of mm. of just regular blokes yeah who want to get their 16 year olds yeah yeah I also was super disturbed by the account of when he, I think it was with Alice, the 16 year old, where she woke up and he was over her, drooling into her mouth and then forcing yeah. her yeah. to swallow his saliva. Like, that's not even a, that's just a humiliation yeah. power just, move. I wonder what she'll do if I do this sort of thought. He's not seeing any of these, the women he's assaulting as people. It's just it's... objects that are there for his pleasure. And then when mm. they're, he's done. They'll drive her to the tube station and drop yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is why I think, like, it, part of his thing about, well, I've been honest about my promiscuous lifestyle and all that stuff. Um, first of all, the, there's one issue there is that the level of his promiscuity wasn't just that he was shagging around. He was shagging five women a day. Um, yes. Like, that, that really is an addiction, and that's excessive. And there's no way that all of those women were having a good time and they weren't having the time that they consented to have. And I don't think that's a valid, he's used that in some of his Mm. videos to excuse his behavior, but that's not a valid anything. Like it's not a valid reason. It's not a valid excuse. Yes, you were promiscuous, but that doesn't mean everyone Mm. said yes. And he's trying to twist it into like, well, they're using my past against me. Look at me being a victim when it's not like that at all. It's like if you know, also why in a couple of videos they've shown his ex-girlfriends who mm. were making comments about him saying he always treated me really well. He never had mm. I was never coerced. We always had a good time. It's like, well, yeah, just like a serial killer doesn't kill every single person they meet. Yeah, a yeah. serial rapist isn't going to be raping every single woman they come in contact with or every single yeah. person they come in contact with. You may have had a good experience with that person. Lucky you. Mm. Ted Bundy used to work in a suicide hotline and helped yeah. people. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and like even um, that Masterson bloke, whatever his name is, got um, positive uh, character references in his trial. So like, I mean, 
I'm not gonna, sorry, I need to go back and say I'm not comparing Russell Brand's Ted Bundy because I know some people are going to get mad about that. Yeah, yeah, Just, but but it's like it's, it's, it's the absurdity, isn't it? That like even Ted Bundy had someone who could speak well of him. You know? Exactly. So yeah, there are going to be people who speak well of Russell Brand. Absolutely, there will be. Mm. But the the key is that these five women who have come mm. forward, and the one I think the most damning is the one who on that day went to a rape crisis center and she had yeah. a test done and then she decided yeah. i don't want to fuck my whole family up and my life up over this mm. so she works to get past it or to move on, move forward yeah yeah because uh, she was actually discouraged from going forward with it wasn't she and there was one mm. there was a, at least a couple of them i think um because the thing when a celebrity is involved particularly in the united states people are heavily discouraged by law enforcement and by people around them and their handlers and all that from making a case out of it because it's a celebrity um they, they are actively protected yeah absolutely i mean there is there was rumor mm. and conjecture but when priscilla presley mm. died a year two years ago there was the the conspiracy theory was that she was silenced by the scientology because she mm. was going to speak out against danny masterson at the time she was going to say that the church was trying to convince her to talk to his accusers and try to get them to recount their testimony so there was there's lots of people who are invested in keeping mm. famous people famous yeah and they're gonna because it's not just that russell brand is the one who's making this money you're trying to protect him he's got agents and managers and producers mm. and tv shows and there's a ton of people who are relying on him being the face of whatever there is they're doing that need him to make them profitable. And I think this is a good time uh, to talk about idiosyncrasy credits. Basically, uh, it's, it's in, we talk about it in psychology, usually to do with leadership, but it can be applied here too. So basically, um, to, in order to exist within society and do what you're doing, you have to conform with it, right? Um, but then depending on your perceived value to that society, so if we have Russell Brand, it's based on how much money he's making the BBC, how much money he's making Channel 4, um, and it's like the amount of content he can put out, how many people are watching it, etc. So then, um, so as he's conforming with all of that and getting all this money in and resources for them, he's a very profitable man, it means that he can build up a lot of idiosyncrasy credits. So idiosyncrasy would be him acting counter to society's values or the values of the group and it's called credits because you can spend them so it's kind of like yeah well he makes us loads of money but he's also having a relationship with a 16 year old girl that he picks up from school um and he's like 30 and okay but we could turn a blind eye to that because he makes us this amount of money mm. and then it means then that you can get away with doing really bad stuff by any metric like if these allegations are all true if court finds it true um, and they they convict him on it, then um, uh, you know some really bad shit. And so and these people could get away with really awful stuff because of how much money people are making off of them. And how much time has elapsed? In a couple of years, nobody will. I mean, look at Roman Polanski, right? He was yeah. completely blacklisted back in the day because of an inappropriate relationship with, I think, a thirteen-year-old. But now yeah. he's winning awards and making movies, and he's back and. Yeah. So it's as soon as there's distance to it, people mm. tend to and sweep he, it under the rug and forget about it. And it, it, it's like one of the things that people are coming out with in Russell's defense is, oh, well, uh, innocent until proven guilty. And it's like that doesn't apply in society. 
first of all, is presumed innocent until proven guilty, but by the courts, by your government, so they can't prejudice you, right? We're members of the public. We can think whatever the fuck we want, and I would not trust anybody alone with Russell Brand. It was Daniel Sloss at the end, whom I love. Yeah. yeah. When he had talked about how the women comedians have this list of don't work with these mm. people, work with these people, and that he for years had been on that don't work with Russell Brand list. Mm. It's allowing it to continue. Like that one woman in the interview had said he was a heroin addict on MTV. Then mm. he was a sex addict on E4 mm -hmm. and a sex addict over here. They just kept moving him around and making him somebody else's problem and cash cow yeah sideways promotion and he um I, it's not normal to put a clause in your contract that says you can't have sex with people that are associated that was, with the production that was disputed there was i was under <laughs> dispute so oh, really? i don't know that's in the documentary it said mm. that either his manager or he had said no that wasn't in there mm. but they had i come maybe i just kind of glossed over that but a, a court like this is the thing is like a, a court can find out some of these things like yeah. a, a doc, there's certain things a documentary team can't find out and there's certain things that we as the public won't know so this is like when i talk about evidence i think there's enough evidence to take it to court like it this needs to be investigated absolutely and as a member of the public and with my experience working with sex offenders i don't fucking trust them i never have done for all the reasons that we're seeing now, I've never liked him. I used to watch his content on YouTube because he was the only person saying a bunch of stuff. But then he went really crazy tinfoil hat brigade after about nine months of that. And uh, and then I just turned off completely to him. I was like, oh, no, he is the Russell Brand that we all know and hate. Um, he hasn't changed a bit. So, um, yeah. But, he, yeah, I, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't, even as a guy, I wouldn't want to be alone with him. I mean, he's a, he's got a purple belt in Brazilian um, jiu-jitsu. Really? Makes, really? Yeah, it makes him a very dangerous person. Uh, a purple belt, like, is pretty high oh. up. And he's very competent at it. Um, and he's a lot stronger than he looks. So, yeah. uh, I'm curious to see how this all plays out. It was, it felt like it was everywhere for a very short amount of time, and now it's Just nowhere. Dumb. Yeah. It's already feels like everyone stopped talking about it. Where there are five young women who they need to have their stories heard, they need to have their day in court. Yeah. And, and I think what what I found quite interesting with it is, and journalists have been um uh wondering about this too, is how like TikTok seem to have been manipulating their algorithm with the Russell Brand stuff. So um if you are reasonable about it, say certain person we know like me, <laughs> uh, and you're a man, and if you were supporting Russell Brand, your 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 uh, content got suppressed. If you're a woman behaving, for want of a better term, hysterically or emotionally against Russell Brand, your content got boosted. And if you're a man being hysterical or emotional for Russell Brand, your content got boosted. And so, so they, they encouraged the gender war. So showing off his fans and his detractors as being rabid. Yeah, basically. Basically, yeah. Um, and it was quite hard like to actually find decent content that um and I think the only reason why I got to see some good content about it is because I was already mutuals with those feminists and stuff. So I got to see a better perspective of it. 
it's interesting and it comes back to every time somebody gets accused of something there's always mm. these people who are just so frothing at the mouth defending mm. them oh. with no actual evidence other than they say things that i like what they say and i mm. think with russell brand he made all of those wickedly inappropriate jokes that mm. people laughed at so it opened up that door for those for those guys young men watching to be like oh that's okay that's how you get women that's how you yeah you speak to women like it gave that permission to be able to do so even when people were visibly uncomfortable like that woman who he said he wanted to have a go at her daughters yeah. she you could tell she wasn't along for the joke and they panned to the audience and there were three guys in the audience who were leaning forward and kind of like laughing at the whole thing because how naughty that he would say that to somebody's mother yeah yeah yeah. It gave people permission to be naughty. So they like that. They like that about him. And they don't think that he'll do anything because, well, come on. <laughs> it's, it's little he Russ Russ. Yeah, he wouldn't really, but he, would. he probably would. And he probably did. Well, like when he rang up that bloke and then with Jonathan Ross, him and Jonathan Ross were like, he shagged his granddaughter or something. They left a phone message on this guy. Yeah. Like, like what the fuck are you doing? Like, he's... It, no consequences until now mm. he's not had to deal with the consequences of his action he fucked up really badly they sent him off to rehab and then when he comes mm. out he's got another job somewhere else he fucks yeah. up really badly again they send him off to rehab he comes out he's got a job somewhere else he's never other people are scrambling to fix his messes this yeah. is the first time he's got his own mess that he's not going to be able to get out of yeah yeah oh hopefully yeah <laughs> and it, yeah, the other thing is is like that these people are like trying to say oh, well, they're just coming for him and it's because he's trying to speak truth and all that stuff. And it's like, but that doesn't make the allegations false. It just means they're releasing it now. Like, both things can be true, guys. Exactly. The timing may be suspect, although at the beginning of the documentary, they do say they've been investigating it for, for like a 12 year. months, yeah. Yeah, so the timing may be suspect because if they've known about these allegations sooner, why wait until now? But that doesn't mean the allegations are any less true. Well, he's been doing his content on YouTube since the pandemic, so since like 2020. So um, I, I personally think it fits in a timeline wise um, because they saw what Russell Brand was doing because he's, he's been doing this stuff since about 2014, 2016. He's been on new like he was more involved in mainstream media um, talking about this stuff like he's quite politically active in the uk anyway mm -hmm. and then um and then come 2020 he starts his youtube channel i think and then starts speaking more actively anti-establishment um but these allegations some of them go back to 2011 2012 oh, i think yeah, there no. was one back this 2006 no this is what i'm saying like like is both things are true right like or could be true is that yeah he is a piece of shit and did all these horrible things they're releasing it now they've been investigating it for 12 months and they're releasing it now because he's he's not under the protected dough of the protected people anymore. I totally get that piece, but it's curious about the why now. If they'd known about these women for the past 15 years or 12 years, mm -hmm. that they would choose now. Like, why weren't their voices going to be heard earlier? Like, were they saving? Yeah, did they did, did it just come forward that they were like, hey, we should dig into Russell Brown and they found it now? Had they always known and they were I like... Um, maybe not maybe not the documentary creators themselves but people at the bbc in channel four 
knew about Russell Brand and the allegations against him. I don't care what they fucking say, because the BBC covered up Jimmy Savile and they covered up Rolf Harris and said there was no allegations and all this stuff. So it's quite well known that our broadcasters cover up these sex offenders. And the conversation just reminded me that there was a snippet of a conversation he had with Jimmy Savile where he, yeah. Jimmy Savile was like, bring me, bring me a woman. So yeah, bring, bring me an intern. Mm. Yeah, an intern or assistant. Yeah. And they joked about it like it was nothing. Yeah, so they, they kind of, so they, there's a few levels at work here. So one of them is, is that somebody, in, it looked like in the BBC, um, the controller of Radio 2 and Radio 6, she was shielding Russell Brand from consequences. And so there were some allegations of things that weren't being pushed forward. Hmm. Um, there's also this uh, societal, like, it part of society where it protects celebrities from allegations in general and discourages people coming forward. So that's another thing. Um, the other stuff is, like Daniel Sloss was saying, is that everybody knows who the fuckers are. They know who they shouldn't work with, but they still keep getting work because of the whole idiosyncrasy credits thing. They're good money earners, right? And so the industry shields them. Um, and then also in the case of somebody like Russell Brand, there's a lot of grooming happening. He he mm. grooms audiences. He grooms people that he works for. Um, to not, And then they don't take allegations seriously or they don't push them forward. Like, oh, well, it doesn't sound like something Russell would do. That's exactly what groomers do. That's exactly what sex offenders do, is they make it look like they wouldn't fucking do it. Um, it's like every time they talk to the neighbors of somebody who did some seriously shady shit, the yeah. neighbors are always like, such a quiet guy such a nice couple yeah of course it's a so gonna, they've learned how to not arouse suspicion yeah and then so the so when people try to bring it out there's always this resistance that stops them from doing it and maybe there was some kind of i don't know aligning of the stars when like these these people involved in this documentary had found out about the allegations and wanted to bring it forward or maybe it was leaked from somebody who had something to do with Russell, something like that. And it's like, well, he's not under the protected dome anymore. He's not part mm -hmm. of our bubble anymore. He's he's put that to one side. So now we can't make money off of him and he's fucked us over. So let's come for him. Um, so I think both things can be true. Um, it, and I, it just disturbs me that people would rather believe his story and think, well, these victims are just faking it. And and they're just willing, like they're not. They won't even watch the documentary to find out what people are saying. Yeah, they. It's it's less of a stretch for them to believe that this narcissistic personality, who's yeah. what, who's this addictive narcissistic personality, would do shady shit. That is harder for them to believe than mm. these five women have been coerced or paid mm. into destroying their fucking lives by coming out with these allegations. Yes, if you were anonymous, but there were others that weren't, that they think that would be more realistic. That, yeah, they yeah. found five women who were willing to do this and say this mm. going mm. back a dozen years because one of them went to a rape crisis center a dozen years ago. Exactly. And that disconnect. Mm. But, I mean, there's people who still believe the earth is flat. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Birds are real, so I don't really think that's anybody. There, there is a weird culture at the moment that people get attached to these personalities and then it's like they can't do anything wrong um they're our messiah they're going to save us you know whether it's trump or whether it's biden or fucking ron DeSantis or vivek ramaswamy or justin trudeau whoever boris johnson like people attach themselves to the person 
not what they're campaigning about or what they do. Like, judge someone by their fucking actions and behavior, not the propaganda they sell you. It's like they have a hard time believing that you can have, that good people can do bad shit and bad people can yeah. do good shit because everyone's a combination mm. of everything. There's not one good mm. person, one bad person. There's actions. And I think mm. they, they have a hard time with that because if somebody did something shady, because they've invested so much into it, mm. they can't come to terms with that. It's like they have that guy who, he does a lot of TikToks where he talks to people about Trump and mm. he will say, like here, if a if a candidate did these five things, would you vote for them? And they're like, absolutely yeah, not. They need to be in prison. And then it's like, Trump did that. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that's okay then. People yeah. forgive way too much shit, mm. but they will be so quick. And I think it also feeds into the timing of this now. Mm. And maybe it's because I spend time on Reddit, which is a fucking cesspool. But mm-hmm. like, there are there are a whole bunch of men who, unless they see a woman being raped will not believe that a woman has been assaulted. And these men yeah, yeah. live their day-to-day lives assuming that every woman they come in contact with is going to falsely accuse them of something. Mm. Like we're at a place now where the mindset of of some loud minority has been mm. so fucked that they will, yeah. even if they, even if they had a video of Russell Brand doing that, they would still mm. be like, no. Video is faked, doctored. Yeah. Video is, it's AI. The, 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 in the UK, the um, the false allegation thing is so extreme, right? Because people conflate a lot of the wrong things when it comes to false allegations, right? We get so few allegations of rape in the UK that a man is more likely to be raped by another man than he is to be the victim of a false allegation. And I know you've told me that before, and I think that yeah. that would likely probably be the same in most places, but mm. there are like a lot of men who... They're like asking for support. How do I, I started a new job. What do I do to avoid false allegations in the workplace? It's like not every single woman is yeah. out to get you. But when men are so afraid of that, mm. and that, not all men, not all women, then mm. it, it skews their perception of everything. Like, I don't think they'll ever believe a woman if they mm. don't actually physically see it. And there was somebody who had posted on a subreddit asking the question, what evidence is enough for you? Like when it comes out yeah. with this Russell Brand thing, there were text messages, there were conversations. Why isn't that enough? And a mm. lot of men said, I didn't see it. I can't, if I don't see it, I don't believe it. And then I bet some of those men are Christian too. And they oh. remember about Doubting Thomas, that he didn't believe it unless he saw it. And now he's called Doubting Thomas. <laughs> you know? I didn't see Jeffrey Dahmer eat somebody but we're pretty sure it happened <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, I mean, um, i'm curious to see how this all plays out and what the next steps are yeah yeah but he's do you know about super injunctions Mm-mm. okay I, I think it's just a uk thing so they cost like two hundred thousand pound right and it's solely so that a very elite rich person can stop a specific person or even journalists from talking about an issue and they can go to court and get it done. Yeah. And it's so bad that the papers can't even write that there's a super injunction in place. So they can't even acknowledge the super injunction exists. And How is that even legal? Yeah. Well, it's because, um, like, and you'll find every rich person who's like, you know, so Russell Brand's all like truth and justice and freedom and all that. He, they think he has a super injunction against somebody that's got allegations against him. What but, happened to like 
freedom of press, freedom of information. Yeah. How is that? How is that even legal? That's how corrupt our, our country is now. Honestly, I mean, we're fucked over here. I'm talking a lot of shit, but we may have it in Canada. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to Google it when we're done. But that's yeah. fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a guy here. Um, oh, God, I hate him. He's a political commentator. And he used to work for the BBC and maybe he still does. Oh, what's his name? He looks really weird. Anyway, <laughs> he, right, absolute shit. He cheated on his wife. And then I think he got with an, and then the other, and the woman he cheated on her with. He got a super injunction against her to stop her talking to the papers about it and telling people what happened. So if you have enough money, you can pretty much get away with anything. Yeah, basically. Andrew Marr. Andrew Marr, that was his name. At what point, this, because you, I can't imagine they would allow you to use a super injunction to hide evidence of a crime. Um, so at what point does that end? I, I think it's kind of like, if there's like physical, tangible evidence, then that could be dealt with in the court and stuff. But I, th I don't, I don't know enough about it to say at what point does a super injunction become invalid. Okay. But I, I think he can. Well, then still... why did you bring it up, Chris? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but, it, but it, it's scary that like it. It says to me that there's this. If it turns out to be true that you've got the super injunction. This woman knows something about him that makes him want to spend £200,000 shutting her up. And how many more women like her, not mm. just against Russell Brand, but just like how many people are out there who actually yeah. know things? And make yeah. This is why... <laughs> this is going to sound terrible. But you almost like... No, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. But like, there are a lot of... A lot of people who have said they work in retirement facilities or old uh, like hospice care, that there are a lot of older people suffering with dementia who make these deathbed or like these confessions mm. of times that they've murdered people because the dementia isn't holding back mm. their so there's been a lot of women who were like yeah my husband abused me for 30 years mm. so in 1987 i poisoned his meat and now he's dead and these <laughs> things come out like <laughs> imagine this world where in 30 years all these people who have been silenced by super injunctions are going to be in a retirement yeah. facility and be like remember that time that you yeah. murdered that guy yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we hit a body with what's his face? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you, I, is it, can you imagine getting to that age and not having to give a shit anymore and having these dark secrets locked inside? But some of these secrets, like a lot of these people are, they have dementia. So they, yeah. they're the filter that was keeping their tongue shut, yeah. tongue tied, is, has yeah. all loosed. Yeah. So now it's all well, coming out. And what do you do? I mean, are you going to put a 93 year old who's like in hospice care in prison? No, you're just gonna be like, oh, well. Well, if it, if it's in the UK, they probably would. I mean, there was that 89-year-old woman who had those two police officers come to her house over that offensive tweet. That's right. So in the UK, they'd lock them up. That um, is right. Do you know, talking of other people that have done shady shit, so you know Rolf Harris? Do you know him? No. All right, okay. So he was a... So when I said my joke earlier about Jimmy and Rolf and Russ Russ, like, they're probably just three random names. So Rolf Harris was a children's entertainer on like BBC and ITV and stuff. And he had all these shows where he would like, and he used to release music and things like kids songs and all that stuff. Um, one of his songs was Jake the peg with his extra leg. Diddle, 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 um. uh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard something so else. Referred to a lot like, wasn't Jimmy Savile about kind of the same? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were uh, Jimmy Savile wasn't really a kids entertainer in a way, okay. like, but he was a talentless idiot. But he had a show called Jim will fix it when he was an old guy. It's just like Make a Wish. So like, okay. you, and Jim will fix it for you. So Jim will fix this thing to happen for you. Except the side thing is, is that he's probably going to try and fuck you. Um, so. So he was okay. So and I haven't watched. I know there's a documentary about him, which I never watched. I thought mm. he was a children's entertainer. So maybe yeah, he it sort was of is. Whole... Maybe okay. Jimmy kind of is because like he used to go, like he'd go to um, children's hospitals and shit like that, and he basically he'd get the kids alone and grope them, and then let them carry on with their day. Yeah, or like a kid's school would go and visit the BBC studios and he'd grab a couple and stuff like. And people knew that, like, people in the industry knew this was happening. But they protect, like you said, idiosyncrasy points. And you know when people are saying, like, um, oh, he's innocent till proven guilty. Jimmy Savile never got convicted because he fucking died. And when they had the allegations against him, um, they the police at the time said there wasn't enough evidence to take it to court. And, so, and he died before anything could be done. Which means all those people that say innocent till proven guilty, what? What do you think, think about Jimmy Savile then? Jimmy South, like, we know he is an innocent. Like, without a doubt, he fucked children against their, like, you know, they can't consent, they're kids. I just, and it, oh. anybody who apologizes for that type of, even if it's not, mm. just how quickly and vehemently people are there to defend when they yeah. don't know, but they exactly. assume, that they assume, like, yeah, Russell Brand is talking about shit about the media, the media doesn't like it, but... People have been talking shit about the media for mm. since media has existed. They yeah. haven't uh, so, launched well, this type of campaign against them. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll address that before I go back to Rolf Harris because, like, it's it's quite gross what he did. But anyway, uh, yeah. So with this thing, with like the thing coming from, I think it's more likely that he's not under that protective dome anymore, and these people have uncovered it, and then now there's nobody there to stop them. Whereas before, they would suppress it and stop it. And I don't think it's that these people are coming for him specifically. I think it's just a lack of protection. Yeah. And That's even if, I mean, they're not coming for him specifically, they're going for, regardless of who the predator is, they're going yeah. after a predator. Exactly. Yeah. The people doing the documentary are just coming after a predator. And the system that was protecting him before has no interest in protecting him now because he's not working for him anymore. That system at some point has to also be called into account too. Yes. Because it's not, it's not just that they're protecting predators but like we've even spoken about this before that there are people who have died as a result of people not wanting to say no because mm. they have these you know accidental overdoses because five different doctors are giving all these people these medications and even mm. when they say no he can't have this or she can't have this they're like just give it to them they're famous yeah, yeah. you don't want to yeah. ruin your career as a doctor so that system that is protecting these people and making them mm. some of them even sicker mm. than they are needs to needs to have a comeuppance yeah and, it, and in uh, like the free Britney thing, like why did that have to be one or the other? Like they were like, oh, she shouldn't have her dad doing a conservatorship because like he abuses the money and abuses the trust. And it's like, okay, then we'll transfer the conservatorship to someone else because she's clearly not well. No, yeah, you I, have to get rid of it. Hashtag free Britney. I watched a documentary about her recently too, and she she needs help. Yeah, she really does. She got bipolar disorder. <laughs> but let's go back to Rolf. Oh yeah, Rolf Harris. So he um he got put to prison for doing all the same shady shit that Jimmy Savile did. And um 
And I used to watch him as a kid on TV. It's just so weird to think. Anyway, he um, when he was in prison in 2014 or 15, he wrote a song about one of his victims and that, like, that they kind of, like, it, it was just really unfair that they stood up to him and it, it's just, like, you know, really awful and stuff. And they're, like, this person's selfish and they're just coming after a celebrity just because they can. Yeah. And he, he sent wow. it to somebody he thought was his friend, but obviously his mate had disowned him because of where they found out what happened. But his, his shock friend sent it straight to the tabloids. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, print this. Ross a cunt. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. That seems like. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>